Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com, IWork, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him today. Whether you're listening, there's so many different ways to listen to I Work For Him today, but I want to thank you for tuning in, whether you're listening live on letstalkfaith.com, iHeartRadio, tune in. Maybe you're listening on live on radio on AM 570 or 910 right here in Tampa Bay. Perhaps you're listening to a rebroadcast on iTunes, our archives, or maybe Red Nation Rising. However you are listening to us today, we are thankful and we hope and pray before every show we pray that something that's said on the air today will cause you to dig deeper into your faith in today's show will be no different. You know, I work for him. It's all about providing you, our listeners, with resources, ministries, authors, business people, workplace ministers, people that have been that are being touched by the work of Christ, and they've got a testimony to share from their workplace, a testimony to share so they wrote a book, or maybe they're a discipleship organization that's helping people connect their faith and work. I Work For Him is the platform for you to tune into every day to find out the latest and the greatest of what's going on in the world of us connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do 9 to 5. But I know most of all, listeners to I Work For Him want to impact their community. So what are you doing to become that best impactor possible, that best leader? Even though you may not think, wait a minute, wait, 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 gentlemen, I'm not a leader. Ah, But if you have influence, potential influence over at least one person, you are a leader. So where do you get trained on the how to be a leader? Not just what a leader looks like, but what a leader does. How can I get high-level training? Most people can't afford high-level leadership training. I want to introduce you to an organization that we've talked to a little bit on the side the last couple of months I want to introduce you heavily today to Transformational Leadership with Ford Taylor and what he teaches and how you can get involved in TL On Demand. Ford Taylor, welcome back to I Work For Him. Hello, Jim. It's great to be with you. It always is. Thank you for all you do. I'm so excited to be on the show with you again today. Well, Thank thanks. You. You're always such a you're great words of affirmation guy. I love that. Which part of the world are you calling in from today? Uh, I am in Texas today. So. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't be home because you're hardly ever home. Hey, I, I, I picked I picked out a verse for you today. Romans 12, 8. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Ford, you've got all of those down. So let me just ask you this question. 
You know, in 2016, you suffered from a really a serious bout of Lyme's disease. When you were down and out, how did you find strength to put your trust in God instead of wallowing in your suffering? Well, you know, for those that have had Lyme disease, if they've had it, they know that you can go months with it being misdiagnosed or undiagnosed, which is what happened to me. You know, they told me at one point, you got you probably got a brain tumor, you got a carcinoid tumor, it's probably something wrong with your heart. And so all these tests they ran, and finally a specialist picked up that I have Lyme disease, which is a spiral key, which is inside the red blood cells. And because it's inside the cells, it's hard to find. And so during those times of believing that there's a chance I could be dying, uh, the, the two things I could stand on is that God says, praise me in all things. And, and so in that... I continue to praise God and, and, and everything in that, too. And I share it with my family and friends that if God has a bigger purpose in my death than He does my life, we just got to be okay with it. Ford, I was reminded while off the air that you also have a home in Texas to escape the Cincinnati cold, which I think Cincinnati is still pretty warm. So I'm sorry for hassling you about being on the road all the time. My wife said I was being mean. Well, t- tell Martha it's okay because I actually left Ohio on Monday. I drove and visited my mama, my mom in Paris, Texas yesterday. I left her house, and I'm right in the middle between her house and our home in Texas, so I am on the road still. <laughs> so you are correct, so it's okay. You're always, I'm still about two hours from our home in, in Texas. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, make sure you stay in a spot where you have a solid cell phone connection, so let's make sure you do that. So well, you were I finishing am not up driving. Your... I'm sitting still. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. You were sharing how you, know, you, you learned through your bout with Lyme's disease and lots of mis- diagnosis really had a tough year last year and but you learned to put your trust in god was it in a new way was it to a different level i mean how transformational was that disease in your faith well you know jim uh there's two times in my life that i should have drowned on paper and in both of those times uh, my faith just continued to go up and and so often you know we go through the trials and the turmoils of life and in all those cases, what I've learned is that that God says, praise me in all things. And I, I think it's because he's shown me that our purpose in life is to become like Jesus. And, and I can show you where those scriptures are, but I believe what he's saying is, praise me in all things, because in, in these times of difficulty, sickness, pain, you have a choice to make. You can choose the path of, of peace, patience, hope, and joy, long-suffering, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, meekness, humility forgiveness, grace, mercy. In other words, those things that cause us to become more like Jesus, we can choose that path, or we can choose the path of the world, which is to become more like man or even more like the devil, which is the opposite of those things I just called out. And so I learned a few years ago that the reason to praise Him in all things is is not to praise Him that I'm sick, but to praise Him in this trial, in this illness. You are giving me a chance to end this to become more like your son. And it, and that is a level of faith of knowing that on the other side of this, he says there's more glory, there's more honor, there's more power, there's more authority. His word says you can trust me that on the other side of this turmoil, if you truly do what I ask you to do, on the other side there's more than what there was on the beginning side. And, and I have faith in that and believe it and have seen it play out over and over again. Ah, but that is perhaps one of the most difficult parts of being a Christ follower, learning to embrace 
the suffering, whatever that may be, the, the adversity, and allowing it to transform our lives into being more of the person God can use effectively as opposed to embracing the adversity and letting it tear us apart. I mean, that's a, it's a tough concept. And if you're going to be a great leader, you need to be able to embrace the adversity because anybody who is truly called to leadership is going to face adversity if they're going to be a leader. Yeah, Jim, you know, it's funny. We, we want to hear the good news of the gospel. Uh, and, we, and we, you know, we go to church, and we hear, find Jesus and find peace. And, and that happens for about 60 days, and then the work begins. And, you know, but in those scriptures, it, it, it actually says everything that God has for Jesus is available to you, too. But to experience his glory, you must also share in his suffering. And, and I, that's a part of the message that most people really don't want to hear. But it is in that suffering that when we come out the other side of it, that, our, that, that we experience his glory. And in that, he does give us more authority. He gives us more influence because we have suffered through that. And we now know something we didn't know before that we can use to help lead and influence others. And so I, I believe his word is true. And when you believe, when you truly believe his word is true, it's easy to walk out what it says. But that becomes part of that incon, uh, you know, uh, inconvenient truth. Uh, you know, well, oh, it's, yeah. it's hard to convince people to be a follower of Jesus if they, you tell them there's going to be suffering. But, you know, we don't have to convince people to be Christ followers. We just need to be an example and share what Jesus has done for us and lay out the plan of salvation and let the Holy Spirit do the convincing. We don't have to be the convincers. Uh, you know, uh, what I found is that we don't, is that, you know, everything we communicate, and this is part of what we teach in TL, is 55% through our body language, 38% through our tone of voice, and only 7% through our actual words. And so if, if the 93% body language, in other words, our behavior, our facial expression, our tone of voice when we're talking to people, if that 93% doesn't line up with the 7% of sharing the gospel with our mouth, the research shows that we have little to zero credibility. And so if you combine that with the body of Christ, think about that. We as a body, 93%, it's through our body language and tone of voice. How much credibility do we have? Mm. And it is something that we I have struggled with that all my life, having to work on that tone of voice and body language. Oh, my goodness. I tend to be slightly dramatic. Our country that we live in, and I know we have listeners all over the world, and so I know your countries are desperately in need of this as well, but we are all in need, uh, desperately in need, of true transformational leaders, leaders who understand not what a leader is, but the who, what, why, who, what, when, why, and how to be a great transformational leader. And a leader that is selfless and serves the interests of the people that he serves, not the special, special interest that pay him to do the serving. We're talking today with Ford Taylor from Transformational Leadership about his new online portal, TL On Demand, so that you and I can go and get training that's transformational so we can start impacting our neighborhoods, our schools, our workplaces, our churches from the ground up because we need to create a tidal wave of change in this country. Ford Taylor, talk to us about why, what led you to being focused on Stopping focus on the what of leadership, but but on all the rest of the pieces of leadership. Why is this so important? Well, a couple things, Jim. One is, I think if you ask this question to about anybody in any nation, the question is, do we have a leadership crisis in our country? 
And pretty much 100% of the people say yes. And we want to blame that crisis on the government leaders or the government blames it on the church or the church blames it on the media. The reality is I have to take responsibility for my part of that. And, and so I, I believe what God has shown me is what is the crisis and how to overcome it. Now, my background, as you know, was in business, and over a 16-year period, starting at age 25, we grew one of the largest apparel companies in America, actually the largest in our industry uh, that I became the CEO of uh, in America in the trade journals, in the industry we were in. And in that process, I traveled a lot. I have a beautiful wife, three wonderful children. But in that travel, you know, I, I made some mistakes, and I, I ended up being unfaithful to my wife. And then I had to, you know, go share that with her later on. And I realized that a lot of the problems I had were pent-up anger. Uh, they were pent-up rejection. Uh, they played out in arrogance and pride. And I realized much of that was because I was sexually abused at six years old. And, and all these unresolved things. And I had the 13-year parents that I hadn't missed church for 13 years. I had all this biblical teaching, yet here's the guy that was, that had all that great teaching on what a Christian is, on what a leader is, but I didn't have much. In other words, Jim, I don't know if you've ever read a book on cooking, but it's very different than a book on how to cook. And so there are thousands of books out there on leadership, on what leadership is, but there's almost none on how to lead. And so after coming out of that process, I started looking at, you know, what was successful in the different organizations I had owned, bought, been the president of, you know, what was working consistently across the board and what wasn't working in my personal life. And as I started putting all this together, I started realizing that, that I looked pretty good on the outside, but on the inside I was dying. And as I started looking really, really close at it, I realized there were lies that I believed to be true. And I started looking at what did the Bible really say as opposed to what do we try to make it say? And I, and I had all this information of years of running companies, and, and I took this information to my pastor, and I said, you know, everywhere I've been, this stuff works. By any chance, is it in the Bible? And I took it to three other pastors that started a ministry called Transformation Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, and I took it to three others and asked them, by any chance, is this stuff I've been using my career in the Bible? And my pastor came back, and he said, you have no idea what you have here. I said, so it's in there? And he said, yeah. And I said, where? He said, go find it yourself. Uh, three other pastors came to me. Three other pastors came to me and said it wasn't in there. And then three weeks later, they came back and apologized and said, "Wow, we've never seen the Bible presented this way before." And all of a sudden, it was a very almost humiliating experience, but a very humbling experience to look at this and go, "Wow, I thought I was really, really smart, and all this time, I was applying biblical principles that work for everybody." You know, that's pretty humiliating. I mean, that's a pretty humbling wake-up call. And so I started reading the Bible closely for what it actually said, and I quit listening so much to what I was been told my whole life, what it says, and started reading what does it really say. And I started realizing, wow, every answer we need, <laughs> I mean, it's right here in front of us, but we stop short. We read the Bible in verses, and we don't read any other book that way. There's not another book in the world we read one sentence at a time, and sometimes we stop at, the, at a comma. I started realizing, boy, look at it. it. Every answer we need on how to run our companies, how to run our families, uh, how to run our churches, it, it's so simple, and it's all right there. And realize, well, my, most of my success had been because I had, whatever reason, intuitively been using all these kingdom principles all these years in my public life, 
And when I started applying those same principles to my private life, my marriage even went through the roof, my children. Uh, yesterday was our 36-year anniversary, and so you know that my wife had to forgive me for the things that I had done. And so put together this manual, started showing it to people, and over time it's morphed into this thing called transformational leadership. Okay, but a lot of people are thinking, wow, how can I be a leader if I've got all this baggage? Yet you just talked about a lot of baggage that you had brought forward with you into your into your 30s and your 40s. And I know that you don't feel like, okay, I deserve to be a leader. That's not what Ford Taylor presents. I deserve to be a leader. But a lot of people think, well, I couldn't possibly be a leader. I got too much baggage. I have too much. Yeah, I just have too much baggage. A lot of people think that. A lot of people have it. So, so does that disqualify them to be a leader? Well, Jim, what's so interesting is one of the companies I was consulting with back in the beginning of all this, his name's Dan McNeil. He's now part of our team. Um, his company was growing fast. His employees were loving him more. And, and I think his company grew four to six times in 18 months. And he challenged me, why are you not taking this awesome stuff out beyond just you inside of companies. Why aren't you showing the whole world this? And we actually wrote our whole our first book called The Hike Answering That Question. And in essence the, the the answer was who would listen to me? Now after all this stuff I've done, all my failures, all my uh, you know, even though there's a lot of success there in the world's eyes, a lot of personal failures. And if people knew that they would never listen to me. And so I had the same question. And I had these lies that I believed to be true. And it's a, it's, a, it's a part of our brain called the hippocampus, which we teach about in this training. And if I believe the lie over the truth, I will always be bound and never fulfill the destiny or the influence or the leadership that God's called us to. And I had to get free of the lies. In other words, I was not an adulterer. That is not who I am. It is something I did. But I had taken on as something that I be. I had become that. And, and when you have this this shame and this guilt and this fear of people finding out, then you, you really get bound. But God's Word says, no, 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 you're not supposed to be bound by that. And He even says, humble yourself, share this stuff, tell people, go get healing, confess your sins before men so that you can be prayed for, so that you can be healed, even Elijah. <laughs> That's his example. Uh, and so I started doing the very things that the Bible said, which actually was the things that we taught in our training, not even knowing they were biblical. And all of a sudden, I started getting free of, of the shackles, if you will, of the change that I believed to be true, that no one would listen to me. And what I found is is that we all have those hurts and pains, and we're all begging someone to be transparent enough to help us with those hurts and pains. Well, and I love I love that. And, and there are so many scriptural examples of leaders who had a lot of baggage. You didn't murder anybody. <laughs> you did you didn't have 15 or 20 wives or 750 you know so you know but you know Moses was a great leader a friend of God and he was a murderer you know I, I mean just David a man after God's own heart was a murderer and an adulterer and still a friend so that's the beauty of what Jesus has done in our lives is he he came to restore all things and that we're not to be identified by our sin but by him and and the, but yet the enemy is really good at coloring that differently, so that we say, "Well, I'm not worthy. I can't be a leader. I can't be a person of influence because of all the things I've done." That's what the enemy wants us to believe, isn't it, Ford? 
Absolutely. And if you look at every significant character in the Bible, I mean, a lot of people don't really even read the Bible, but if you read it through the lens of, just read it as a book and look at the stories and read them all. Don't just read one verse at a time. Every significant influencer in the Bible, every, every one had failures. Every single one of them. Abraham gave his wife away. Paul killed Christians. I mean, just pick them all. So every significant player, okay, and all but one that I can find, including Jesus. Now, Jesus didn't have those failures. But all but one that I can find came from the marketplace. Every one of them. Right. Almost zero significant influencers in the stories in the Bible came from the priestly line. And it's not that they can't, not that they don't have influence. They do. But we're not reading the Bible from a kingdom perspective to be able to pick up on not only that God says to get healed, we aren't teaching people how to get healed. You know, when people ask me, Jim, how, can, how come you're so transparent about your stories? You know, why, how can you share yesterday's sin today? How did you get this kind of freedom? I said, guys, when you're not afraid of other people finding out what you did, it's amazing how good life is. And I'm not afraid because I already told them. I mean, I, can, can I give you a quick example? Sure, Jim? go ahead. Okay, so during the time I had Lyme disease, I didn't know what it was. And so I flew from Texas to Ohio to see a specialist. And when I was there, they, they still didn't know it originally what it was. And so I was there for two days. I flew back home. And, and when I got home, and, and I shared this story the very next week with some a company I was consulting with, because they said, give us an example. And I got home, and I walked in, and my beautiful wife gave me a big old giant hug. And, and she said, honey, is there anything that makes you feel good? And I thought for a long time, and I said, you know, right now, prayer doesn't even feel good. Reading the Bible doesn't feel good. Worship music doesn't feel good. Nothing feels good. I said, the one thing that makes me feel good is helping other people. And she said, then why don't we forget what the doctor said? Let's, let's get you one or two appointments a day where either on the phone or somebody's coming over and you're just helping people. At least you can feel good during that hour. And I said, great. Next morning, I woke up in a fetal position, and there's no way to describe the pain that can come when your legs are totally numb, your head's killing you, you're throwing up, and the doctors are telling you there's nothing wrong. But I woke up in a fetal position, and I was crying, and my beautiful bride rolled over, and she said, Honey, what's wrong? And I said, I'm a fraud. She said, What? I said, I'm a fraud. And she said, What do you mean? I said, you know, I pray every day that I can be the man that God has made me, and the man that I'm becoming, and the man I've become, no matter what comes at me. No matter what kind of pain, no matter what kind of trial, what kind of turmoil. And yesterday, when you asked me what makes me feel good, you remember how long I thought before I answered? She said, yeah. I said, because I didn't give you the whole truth. And then I went on to share with her that when I was in Cincinnati, that some porn had popped up on my phone, and, and I had acted on it. And I said, honey, I'm so sorry. I cheated on you again. And I'm so sorry. I'm just a fraud. And she literally rolled over, Jim, and she said, honey, please don't worry about that right now. You're really, really sick. But it's amazing what can happen in a marriage even when we're that transparent with our wives. And that's the kind of leadership we're talking about. We're talking today with Ford Taylor about transformational leadership. And I think if you're just tuning in right now, I encourage you to go back to listen on the archive of the podcast of the whole show. Because Ford Taylor's been demonstrating in his transparency and vulnerability on our show what a great leader really is. What a transformational leader really is. Because Ford, in my opinion... And I'm not an expert like you are, but if a leader is transparent and vulnerable and honest and humble and has the ability to admit when they're wrong, they're a transformational leader because 
that because leaders we don't see leaders like that. You know, we have leaders that say, I, I don't need to apologize for anything. I'm good. You know, I, I, this that's what transformational leadership is to me. What do you think? Well, number one, you just talked about one of my favorite people in the whole world, and that's Tom Nelson. So he's a transformational leader. Uh, we do some work together, so I really encourage people to read his book. It will it will change your life. It will change your mind on how you do your work. So I just want to give him a little extra endorsement. Uh, and, and, and yes, Jim, how do I say this? Okay, so years ago I used to travel a lot, and in that travel, a lot of arrogance, a lot of pride, you know, top of the trade journals. Yet when I traveled, I saw that everybody I met in every country I went to, consistently, everyone was smart, gifted, or talented in at least one area. Yet, and almost everybody I met had huge hearts. They cared about other people. What I didn't understand is why they didn't have influence, why that wasn't the group. I then, you know, got over myself, at least as much as I've been able to so far, and and stayed at home for 10 years. I wanted to finish strong at home with my kids. And now I traveled all over the world again. And, and I found it again that everybody's smart, gifted, or talented in at least one area, and they got huge hearts. Well, why is it that if the vast majority of the world is smart, gifted, or talented and have huge hearts, why is it that that's not who we're reading about in the paper? Why is it that that's not who we're seeing on television? And, and why is it that they don't have credibility? And I started asking the question, what is the leadership crisis in our world? And, and the answer I came up with is that we as leaders have become more concerned about how we look to other people than we are concerned about the people that follow us or the people that we have influence with. And because we're so concerned about how we look, we, we, we do things that jeopardize our character, we lie, we cover up. We cheat. We do things to be sure that people don't really know the truth. And I said, you know, if we could fix that one area, if we could fix it in pastors and moms and dads and presidents of countries and governors of states and leaders of cities, and if that if, if we just fix that one thing, that I care more about you, Jim, if, if you're someone I have influence with, or if you care more about me than than you did how you looked then all of a sudden we could make decisions. If I care more about my children than how I look to my children, then they get to know everything about me. They get to know all the flaws their dad has. And even when their dad makes mistakes as a dad, that he knows how to go apologize and ask for forgiveness for that mistake. And and they know that I was sexually abused. They know that I cheated on their mom. They know I almost destroyed our family. And it was not their mom's fault. It was my fault. And they know that as they go out in life, that there's nothing they can't share with their dad. There's nothing that would cause me to judge them or love them. So, so why, as, as believers, what if we could reach that place? What if we had the actual tools, ingredients, behaviors? And, and so what I found is, is that what was missing was not the smart brains or the big hearts. It was the tools, ingredients, and behaviors to get there. Uh, and leadership's like making a cake. And and when you're making a cake, you got sugar and chocolate, and you got some things that taste really, really good on their own, milk and water. But you got some things that go in that cake that don't taste good on their own. Uh, a cup of flour, baking soda, raw eggs. But for some reason, when you mix those ingredients together, 
And if you have the right bowl and the right mixer and the right oven, and, and, you, and you can use those tools and mix those ingredients together, you get this wonderful aroma in your kitchen. And then the buzzer goes off, and you poke on that cake a little bit to be sure it's cooked just right. Then you put some icing on it. And that's the way leaders are. But sometimes we have to put some flour, some raw eggs, in the process to get us to be able to have that aroma, to be able to lead that way. And so that's what TL transformational leadership is, is, is to give people the tools, the ingredients, and the behaviors to be able to be that kind of leader, to overcome the crisis of, that we need to care more about the people that we have influence with. What would happen if we had a whole Congress or a president that actually cared more about the people of America than they did how they looked? They would not know. None of us would know how to respond. We would, we would be dumbfounded because we've all gotten we so jaded. We've all gotten so jaded yeah. about it. We, uh, the process. We, you know, I've interviewed congressmen on the show and said, "What do we do to keep you from becoming part of the problem we call Washington D.C.?" And in less than two months, that congressman went and struggled. Immediately got sucked right in, and and, and it was just amazing. So, okay, so transformational leadership you've, you've you've talked about it it's the tools the ingredients the behaviors that we need to learn as leaders it's the it's the how the who the when and the where of leadership tl on demand makes these available to everybody yeah well, yeah what happened jim is, is you know we go into a company you know we can work with them for a few months and transform their company because we're in there you know we give citywide events that go two or three days and and people leave and go, man, my life's changed forever. And it may be, but they only were getting part of the way down the road. You know, they, were, they weren't getting all the way to what we were hoping they would get. And, and then one day I got a phone call saying, what if we could find a way to simulate what you do live on an interactive platform? And I said, quote, that won't work. And my team challenged me and said, hold it. You're the guy that says don't think. And you're, you're the guy that says you've got to think, change your thinking while you're in the box. So when you get out of the box, you don't crawl back in. And you just said that won't work for you even listen to this guy. And, of course, I started laughing. I said, okay, you caught me. I mean, they used my own teaching on me to get me to listen. And all of a sudden, yeah, it was crazy. I loved it. I started laughing. I said, man, that's good. Thanks, guys. I know you love me because you wouldn't talk to me that way if you didn't love me. Anyway, so we started looking into it, and and we were stunned. I mean, the first one I saw, the first interactive platform that got produced, and uh, I looked at it. I literally cried. I said, unbelievable, the skill set that this company had to be able to make this training interactive, look like you're in the room together, see the graphics, see the training, and now people could actually come to a live event or not. But if they did come to a live event, they now have a way to continue. Uh, Jim, let me ask you a question. If you knew, now we're men, okay, and, we, and at some point in our lives, we would have liked to have had this perfectly sculpted physique, right? I mean, come on, all men at some point would have liked to have had that. What if somebody had came to you, had come to you years ago and said, Jim, if you'll spend one hour a week in the gym, just one hour a week, you can have that physique that you want. Would you have spent that hour a week? Oh, probably not. (laughs) Okay. So there you go. Hang on, just a second. We're talking today with Ford Taylor from Transformational Leadership, and we're talking about not the what a leader is, but how do we get to be? What are what are the ingredients, the tools, and the behaviors of a great leader? And you're going, but Jim, I'm not a leader. I'm going to turn the channel to another station. No, 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 no. 
We are all leaders if we have influence over but one person. I encourage you to check out Ford Online at tlondemand.com. You can get incredible high-level training on how to be an influential leader in your community, your neighborhood, your home, your workplace, your church, maybe the nation, tlondemand.com. Okay, Ford, sorry. I had to make sure people knew who we were talking to today. All right, so these... Okay, so so most people I ask that question, most men say, absolutely, if I only had to do one hour a week and that's all it took. So I'll ask 30 minutes a week. Would you do 30 minutes a week? But my point is, TL on Demand allows people, if they'll put 30 minutes a week in, and into staying in the program and learning it and watching it and practicing what they learn, that in six months to a year, they'll be a completely different person, a completely different transformed leader. Now, if they want to accelerate that, do two hours a week, it can happen faster. But because we, we go to, you know, I can go out and give a speech to him and highly motivate you. And you'll walk out of that speech and you'll go, yeah. And 48 hours later, you won't remember a word I said. Okay. But if I, if I give you an actual tool to use, an actual ingredient, I say, Jim, before the day's over, I want you to go try this. I want you to go do this. And if you'll practice it for the next couple of days, if you'll teach it to a couple other people for the next couple of days, it'll be in your cake forever. But, but you got to go practice it. you got to go do it. And so that's what we do is we say, take this tool, go do it today. Go teach somebody else this tool today and watch what happens in your life. And, and that's what we try to do in the training. And TL on Demand allows people to go back, review, watch as often as they want. They're three to five minute clips. I mean, they literally could spend five minutes anytime they want in and review or practice a tool. And that's why oh. we developed it. All right. First of all, I want to apologize for wrecking your example, but I'm just being honest because if it, you know, I, I just, everybody always wants me to like, they, I got guys that want me to work out early in the morning. Like, no, because if I miss my quiet time, I screw up the rest of my day. And that's the only time I figured out I can do my quiet time. So it's exercise or quiet time. And I have to make a choice at this point in my life. So I'm going to choose quiet time. So that's why I'm not, I know, honestly, I wasn't going to lie to a national audience that, that I would spend an hour in the, in the gym. So I didn't know where you're going with it. Now I understand. doesn't really matter. Okay. So T. Okay, but hang on, Jim. Hang what? Jim, can what? I, I just was. Uh, yeah. Oh, of I course, know. it's your show. But I want you to hear something. I asked you: Was there ever a point in your life <laughs> that if someone would have told you all you got to do is work out an hour a week, would you have done it? If you knew that in six to twelve months you could have a perfectly sculpted body, was there ever a time in your life that that was true? Yeah. See, I don't think it was. Because I was just always, I'm a, I'm a skeptical guy. I'm a natural skeptic. And I just like, I know that if I don't go often, it won't become a habit. And once a week's not enough of a habit for me. I'm just too retentive. I just, but I understand okay. I've spent time on TL on demand. And I, I don't have a problem sitting down with my Bible every day because I know it's making a transformational impact in my life. I've read my Bible 30 plus times from cover to cover. I see that bigger picture often easier than other people who haven't gone through it because I've, I've read the stories from cover to cover many times in lots of different ways. So I understand that constant input. That's what I'm doing in my life, but I'm not, I don't have a, a physique that I'm proud of, but I do have a mind that at least has a general idea of what the scriptures say after 37 years of being a Christ follower, but I don't have, you know, extensive seminary knowledge, but I knew it was an important investment. So I started doing it the minute I became a Christ follower. That, that's awesome, and, and, and you got the same issue on leadership or reading the Bible. 
In other words, you can't go to a speech or a two-day seminar and expect to have a transformation of the mind that you can remember everything you learned in that seminar. And that's why we did TL on demand, is so people could have access to keep getting it on a regular basis. And in the centerpiece of the training, and you know we do a manual that we call Plain Glass, which is which is biblical principles, understanding without bringing up God or Jesus. And then we do a second part that's a manual that shows where the first manual came from. And what happens is non-believers that get the first part of the training start seeing truths that they don't deny. And they go, okay, where did you find this? Which opens the door for us to give them the rest. And that's probably the most exciting part about what we do. Ford, we're running out of time. We're almost out of time today. When people go on to TLOnDemand.com, how do they get signed up? What can they expect? Let's talk money. People want to know, hey, how much does this cost anything? How much does it cost? And what can they expect? Let's let's give some examples of people who've who've gone through it and what's going on in their lives afterwards. Okay. Uh, Well, a couple things, Jim. As you've referred to something two or three times, I just want to touch on them. I'm going to answer that question. You know, one of the things we teach in the training is an organization is any time two or more people are in relationship. So that's a company, a church, a business, a marriage, a family. So so if you have influence in any of those areas, that works. Uh, the other is if you have influence with, with at least one person, that makes you a leader. And you've said that two or three times on the show, but I want to connect that with what an organization is, which is two or more people. And so that is at the foundation of, of what we teach in the training. Uh, the other is we have to be able to change the way we think to change the way we feel. If we can change the way we feel, we can change the way we behave. Most people have heard that before, but no one's ever told them how to do that. They just know it's true. And in the training, we actually show people how to change the way they think, not just to change the way they think. And so if people wanted to, to go online and take a look at it, the name of the website is tlondemand.com. Uh, on there, they can see some testimonials. Uh, they could sign up for the TO if they want to. There's a button on there that says sneak peek. If they want to go in and just look at a couple of the uh, videos, if you will, the platform just to see the quality and just a couple of the teachings that are in there, they can do that before they sign up. But if they decide they want to register, if they if they go to the registration page, uh, you know, it's $299 for a year. Uh, they can pay for it monthly, which is a little bit more per month, but not much. Or they can pay for it annually. It's totally up to them. And, Jim, I think I sent you a code that if you wanted to offer your listening audience a discount, that they could enter a code uh, from you that would let us know it was your audience that signed up uh, and that they could get a discount from it because they listened to your show. Do you have that code with you? I do have that code. I, I, I had it right on the top of my paper, and then all of a sudden, let's see, we talked about the uh, Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I didn't put this in front of me. Do you, okay, talk about something. Okay, the code. Oh, uh, no. Okay, I don't have it written down. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I did that. I have it. You keep That's talking. Okay. Talk about the impact that has been made on people, and I'll find this code because I apologize. I, I know I have no. it here. I'm looking at it while we're talking. Talk That's about okay. I literally all, I almost pulled over early to pull it up. So, see here, Jim, this is letting uh, – what I love about being on this show with you is we don't do a ton of pre-prep time, which lets us just be us. 
And, and I think that's awesome that we're talking about being transparent and vulnerable. And right here on the show in front of everybody, we're both saying we don't have the code. And I got it's it. It's awesome. I mean, I got- but my point is, it's just awesome that we're representing <laughs> exactly what we're talking about being and that's not right. getting all stressed out over it. And then no. people, if they, can, if they can see that play out, they'll go, wow, I don't have to be perfect. I don't no. have to look good all the time to people because it's okay. I'm normal or human. And- Anybody that listens to this, anybody that listens to this show knows I'm not perfect. Yeah, the code Martha put it right in. Martha put it right on every page. That's why I didn't notice it. Um, it's IW four. So I work for IW four H. So I work for him. IW four H fifty, and you get to save fifty percent. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. No, that's what it is. Fifty percent discount off the published price. Yeah, fifty percent off the published price. Wow, that's really generous. Oh my goodness. Well. Well, Jim, we, we believe in what you're doing 100%, and we want to work alongside you in any way we can for you and your listeners. And so we wanted to offer your listeners that kind of discount because we want them to know how much not only do we support you, but we want them to know how much we want to help them if they want to. And, Jim, for your listeners who want to help contribute to what you're doing, let's just be, let's just put it all out there. We're going to give 20% of that back to your station, back to you, back to your show, so you can continue expanding your show all over the world, because we believe it's that important to expand it, not just in this country, but even to other nations, and we want to be a part of seeing that happen. Ford Taylor with Transformational Leadership. Thanks for being on I Work For Him today. See you later. Uh, Thank you so much. It's always great to be with you. You bet. Check out Ford Taylor online at TLOnDemand.com, TLOnDemand.com. And remember the code IW4H50, and you'll save 50% on the TL On Demand. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Let's just remember, I work for him.